In today's episode, we are tackling a critical question that every podcaster faces. Should you be the star or should the spotlight belong to your guest? We'll dissect those benefits today, some of the challenges of each approach, and we're even going to give you maybe a compromise for the situation as well. That's all coming up today. Here at Third Wheel Media, we help you navigate the world of radio, podcasting, and video so that you can hit a home run with your content. On this podcast, we'll give you a behind-the-scenes look at what we do. This is Rounding Third, Conversations in Modern Media. Well, welcome in. Glad to have you on the Third Wheel Media YouTube channel. Ben George, Walter Storholt. You probably hear our voices much more than you see our faces, Walter. But here we are on YouTube for everybody to see. We have faces for radio, but the world's making us adapt to do more video stuff, Ben, so we just got to deal with it, right? We, we're going to try to do more of this, right? That's kind of the goal is you know, we want to try to provide just general insight, guidance, information on stuff that we touch every day, and we're kind of all over the place, right, with podcasts, radio, uh, video, yeah. digital media stuff. So just kind of everything that we touch, we want to be more involved and provide that for you, right? If you have an interest in something we're talking about, hopefully these videos will maybe provide a little information and kind of give you a little direction on which way to head. So I think today's conversation is great, right? Because this is something we talk about all the time with clients that are, hey, I want to start a show, Walter, but what exactly should I do with it? Should it be about me or should it be about somebody else? It's kind of one of those first questions that comes up when we just start discussing the goals of the show. And some people already know, like, yeah, I want the show to be, you know, I'm a financial advisor. I want it to be about financial advice and I want to be interviewed. I want to be the person that's the expert of the show. And then other people say, actually, I'd, I'd rather interview other people and I want to be the, the interviewer and then kind of have these guests be the central parts of the show and then some solutions that are in between. And then a lot of people just don't even know what the right answer is. They don't know if they should have a preference or not. And then that's part of just that initial conversation of talking about well, what are the goals of what you want the show to accomplish, what matches with your personality and some of those kinds of things. Yes, yeah, so we're going to take you through this. Hit subscribe on the YouTube channel, please, if you don't mind. That'll help us continue to grow this as we plan to roll out a bunch of videos coming, coming, uh, coming up. So starting off with this, I guess, what do we mean by this, Walters? It's pretty simple. You kind of laid it out, but it's just that decision of do you want to be the focus and not even really you, but your business, what you do every day and kind of make it a, a conversation about what you know more so than you know interviewing someone that's an expert in another field or just someone in the community, whatever that is, but you focus that attention on them. Yeah, it's really what the conversation comes down to is, you know, what, why have that style of show? Um, why should you be the central part or shouldn't you be the central part? And so then we see that the reason this is important to define is because then it sort of shapes your show structure. And so it all kind of falls in line through that original conversation. So just to provide some examples, um, we've had clients that say, all right, uh, I'm a financial advisor as an example. In fact, one of our more successful shows falls under this umbrella. Um, it's an advisor who specifically works with a certain portion of the medical profession. So they specialize in not just all medical, but like a very specific portion of the medical profession. But they did not want to do a show that was just always about finance. So what they did is they created an industry show. So it's about that particular medical profession. And so they talk about the history of the profession. They have tons of interviews with past presidents of the national organization. Um, they do uh, even like very specific like medical conversations. And even though the financial advisor is not a medical person himself, um, he's still able to intelligently talk about those things. So even before they've ever discussed anything financial, 
he's already still a kind of an authority figure in the field and has this credibility boost among that community because he's connecting people. He's networking with folks in that niche. Um, and so it's just a really cool reason for him to not just do a financial show. Cool thing about his show is he will do a financial episode occasionally that speaks to his audience, but they're relatively few and far between. He really focused on making that show about the industry and then letting his financial expertise sort of just bubble up from there. So that made sense in his situation, but we've seen plenty of people, maybe you don't have a niche, maybe you don't have some other compelling reason. And so I say, oh, I'm going to, I want to be the expert. I want to increase my credibility as a financial advisor by answering questions about finances and guiding through people through planning. And some of this comes back to who's the show for, right, Ben? It's, mm -hmm. it's, is this show for new prospects? Is it for just credibility purposes? Or am I trying to convert people that are already in my funnel? Or is this just for clients? I'm just educating my own clients using this show. So all of those pieces kind of go into that conversation. Yeah, I think that definitely starts there. And I think you too, you have to kind of consider, you know, it depends on what your professional, what your kind of what your niche is, so to speak, too. So, you know, for some people, it's tough to just sit on sit it on YouTube or podcast and just talk about what you would do all the time. It's just not to say it's not interesting, but for for somebody that's looking for that information, they're really just looking for like one specific thing, right? Or they're they're only in it for a brief moment, of, a period of their lifetime, and then they're out, right? I, I think of like a lawyer fits this this conversation great because they have a lot they can provide, obviously, as an expert in their field, right? There's no denying that. But where they see a lot of value a lot of times is by talking to people in their community because, you know, I'm never, I, you know, the chance of me and you hiring a lawyer right now, hopefully are pretty small, right? We would sure. need something to go wrong at this point for yeah. that to happen right now. But that's the need. That's, that's the whole purpose of a lawyer, right? When you, when that need comes up, they're there. So by interviewing someone and, and having this show that you're talking to people in the community, whether they be business owners or leaders or whoever they are, you're just front and center for people and you're providing value. So when, that need comes up. Oh, you know what? I know such and such. I've watched his shows. I'm familiar with him. He's he cares about the community. I, he's kind of built that trust that way. So I kind of look at it too as it's it's a way to provide value. Not that doing a show yourself doesn't provide value because there's plenty of opportunity for that. But yeah. I just think like being that interviewer, you're providing a service for someone, right? You can you can kind of and like you said, networking people, introducing people, uh, bringing a community get together, and that hopefully will turn around and come back to you at some point because people are just familiar with you with your brand. And ultimately that big, that big T word trust, right? That's a big part of what everyone's trying to accomplish with these shows, especially business owners. Well, that that's one of the pros of doing the interview style show, right? Is almost as important and maybe in some people's cases more important than the listeners than the audience is just the network that's happening in the people that you're interviewing and that's why you talked about lawyers and i think even to be more specific like we have a lot of personal injury lawyers that do the interview style show it's a great fit for them because they it's important to be an expert in your community it's 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 this localized regional importance of a of a service and also how many different ways can you talk about personal injury law in a way that's going to get somebody to like come and listen to your show sure you could probably do a couple of episodes but it'd be hard to have kind of an ongoing show about that specific of a topic that's in that and you're right you're trying to just catch people in that perfect moment perhaps whereas if you're building up this longer term network that's the big needle mover because you're right now when somebody says oh no i need a lawyer 
Well, I know one. I was a guest on the podcast. I came into their office. I met with them. I, I like those guys, and they've done all these things to be visible in the community. They're good folks. That trust is built. So that networking reason would be one why um, an interview-based show would move the needle for a lot of people. And then again, that credibility boost, I think, comes along with it, too, because you can interview people that are also high up in the community. So there's this kind of two-way street of that credibility boost and that trust factor that's that's being built. Um, so those would definitely be kind of two of the pros of going the interview route. And, and it's not really even just limited to that. You know, really, it gives you a much more dynamic marketing opportunity, too, because I think about lawyers. They love to sponsor stuff, right? You'll see you'll see law firms all over the place. And it's all about getting in front of people, right? And just being so people are aware of you. And if they have that need, when that need arises, they can find you. But that's why the interview shows are perfect, because not only are you able to kind of market and put your name in front of all these different businesses and different people in the community, but you're also able to have that ability possibly for it to go – I use viral very carefully because you don't want to overpromise yeah. the virality viral. of a video, yeah. right? I mean – that's what we all hope for. And by being consistent, doing the stuff frequently, you have that opportunity. But you have the chance of, of saying, hey, if you have a big uh, owner of a business that has a pretty big following, they deliver that and, and uh, distribute it to their followers, their their customers, their clients, their friends. And it just brings a bigger audience in front of you. And you do that multiple times. And all of a sudden, you know, you've, you've got a pretty big reach. Whereas, sure, it is great. You know, these this traditional billboards or you know, just static ad placements are, are, are obviously effective or else they wouldn't be doing them. But this kind of gives you a more dynamic approach. Absolutely. I mean, you've got built in organic growth if you're interviewing guests, because now you can encourage those folks to share the show with their followers, with their audience. And so, you know, a new restaurant opens up in town and you've got them on your show, you're interviewing them. That restaurant can then share that interview with all the people that uh, are on their mailing list, perhaps, yeah. and put it on their social media. And now introduces your name and your show to a wider group and a wider audience. So, yeah, that marketing boost, credibility boost, networking opportunities and just a more diverse show. It's less boring for you, maybe even as a host, to be able to interview people about different topics and different ideas. And uh, that can just m maybe make the process of doing a show a lot more fun. All right. So there's a lot that, that you can get value out of the interview style. But it's not always easy, right? There are some cons that come along with the interview style. So yeah. I think first and foremost, Walter, is just getting guests lined up. It's Even if you are someone that's, that's pretty tapped into the community, A, getting them to agree to come on the show, and then second, finding a time that works for you and to get them on there to make sure they arrive because we're all busy. We have a lot going on. It's easy to have. Oh, yeah. It's very easy to reschedule stuff. So that's that's like the problem number one with going this approach. Yeah. Yeah. Here, here's your pool of potential people that you could interview, right? And now here's how many of those people would actually be a good fit for your show. And now here's how many people can actually um, <laughs> find the time to come in. Yeah. And now here's you know how small that group is of people who actually aren't scared to come on your show and, and want to follow through with it and do the, do the program. So you are reliant on guests to sort of drive the show in that scenario. And even if you've got a great guest, you might have to reschedule, um, you know, things that come up and you really need a person in your office that can help you with that. So if you're thinking about this route of doing interviews, to me, that is the biggest thing is have somebody who can consistently hunt down interviews in your office. How how connected are you to start with? But how are you going to stay connected um, and bringing new people in over time? How how much of a system can you have in place to continually line up those interviews? 
Um, that's a big question. And it's a big barrier for a lot of people because I've had people been say, oh, I've got 10 to 20 people in mind that I can interview. That would give us a great start. Yeah. And you know what happens? They do 10 to 20 interviews and then the show ends because <laughs> they didn't have anything in place to go beyond that initial batch of people that were on their mind. But if you want to keep your show going on for years, you really need to think about how can I consistently bring in those people to interview? Yeah, not everybody that you bring in is going to be interesting too. That's that's the other part of it is mm. you might – and because this – you know pull back the curtain. This is a way to bring in a network yourself as a business owner, right? That's, that's part of the value is to introduce yourself to, to other business owners that might need your services down the road too. But so you might, you might bring somebody on that you think would be good for you, maybe personally, but maybe not good for your audience. So you have to make sure you're crafting the interview in, in a way that you are able to find some kind of interesting angle because it doesn't mean you're going to turn off somebody completely of your show. Because I think if somebody is, is watching a sh- show based on you know, the quad cities, they're going to, they're going to tune in no matter who it is, but you know, they might, it may be like kind of a two strike rule, right? Where I've seen a couple of shows and uh, I've uh, both guests, two guests I saw were not very inter- interesting. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to come back and waste my time. So you got to be a little bit careful there. Yeah, that's a great point. It's a little harder to please your audience, perhaps, with an interview-based show that's really broad. That's why the niche style works really well for this. Um, Again, I go back to that medical example. Almost every episode is going to be relevant um, to that audience, or at least even if that particular topic might not get them to listen to that particular episode, they're at least not going to be turned off by you suggesting that they listen to that episode, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Um, I would also say another important thing is to think about just the tech side of managing interviews. You know, if it's if you're going to do a solo show or if someone's going to use us as a co-host, Ben, but it's just them on the program, they need one microphone. And if it's a video podcast, one webcam, plug it into their computer, and we're off to the races, relatively easy to execute. When you start being the one who's doing the interviews and now you're bringing in people that are going to be on the show and introducing those additional variables, it's tough, and you've got to be really comfortable with the tech side and with the increased cost that comes along with that. Um, if you're doing in-person podcasts, especially with video, and now you're adding multiple cameras and microphones, it's a lot to record. It's a lot of time spent uploading video to be edited. Um, there's moving parts of making sure multiple things are being recorded at the same time and framed properly, all those kinds of things. And even if you're doing simple like remote interviews like you and I are doing right now, you still now might have someone who's inexperienced on the other end, or they don't have a nice microphone, and so their sound is really crappy. And now you have to decide, do I put out kind of a crappy-sounding interview or do I try to spend the time coaching them up to have better audio? Can I troubleshoot that? Should I send them a microphone to use or just live with how it looks? Or maybe they're one of those people that, um, you know, has the camera angle where it's like shooting straight up in the air and they're hovering over the camera or they're framed really weirdly. You know, do you want to be like having to constantly coach people on just all those little tech parts and moving pieces that can wear somebody down pretty quickly over time? Yeah. Which, you know, if if you're not, if you're not, if you're doing audio only, takes some of that out of it, right? There's True. still some. Simplifies some it a bit, stuff. yeah. It does simplify things. Though. All right, so interview shows. you got some of the pros and cons. Now, what about if you want to be the star, right? So what are some of the pros and cons here? What Let's start pros again, Walter, and then we'll go some cons first. So what's what are the benefits of, of making the show about you rather than interviewing someone? 
Yeah, well, I think you get to control the message and the brand is now all about you. You're not spending time promoting somebody else's business. Um, this effort that you're paying to create, the time that you're putting into recording shows, it's all about you, your brand as a business, um, what you believe in. Uh, everything goes under your umbrella and is crafted in a way that you want it to be crafted. And you're truly then the subject matter expert on the show. You're the one that's the, the certified financial planner talking you know about financial planning to your clients it's a pretty nice match there uh, if you're an estate planner uh, we work with a lot of estate planners and now I'm an estate planner and I'm talking about estate planning topics I'm the resource for you to come talk to and to see and so I mean that that's a pretty easy reason and needle mover just right there well I'll piggyback off what you said as a con for the interviews right is it's just easier to execute um, if you're yeah. doing it by yourself, right? You can hop on whenever you're free, whenever you have time. You don't have to schedule someone. You just hop in front of a microphone or in front of a camera, hit record, and you get going. So that's the tech side and just the scheduling side is obviously easier. And prep, show prep. We didn't really talk about that as much on the interview side, but yeah. there's a lot to come up with questions for every guest. Now, you might have a script that you kind of follow, which I would say you do want to vary that. You don't want to kind of stay on the same script and the exact same questions every time if you can help it. Yeah. But with the show prep, when you're doing it by yourself, you're already kind of the expert. You know the topic. Hey, I just talked to so-and-so about this in my office. Let me bring that conversation onto the, the, the show and talk about it for 5, 10, 15 minutes here and just get out that information now and I can share that with other people. That's a great point. I'll take us even doing this show right now, um, our recording today. It's you and me, Ben. We know each other well. Um, we didn't have to do a ton of, we made a couple of notes for what we were going to talk about, but for the most part, like, we didn't have to prep a ton. Uh, to be able to execute today's show. Made some basic notes, hopped on. We're having a nice back and forth conversation about it. Um, pretty easy to execute. If we were to bring in a guest and have this conversation on, yeah, there would be some pros to that by having another dynamic voice and a different viewpoint and some things like that. And maybe we wouldn't even had to have prepped as much as we are for carrying the show ourselves. But I don't know about you, but whenever I interview somebody, that's more more anxiety for me. Like it is tougher to execute. It's more tiring to me. Um, it's something I like to have lots of questions prepared. I end up only using like five percent of them because I end up just going off the cuff anyway. But I still like to over prep on the front end about what the guest is all about and what to know about them. Those kinds of things. But for me, just like if I'm thinking about doing my own show as an, an advisor or a business professional, like I'm going to lean more to being the star of the show just because I get a little bit of that tired feeling and a little bit of that anxiety through the interviews. And I wouldn't want to be pigeonholed into doing that all the time. I know I'd burn out on it. Let's talk then cons for that approach. Um, and I think the biggest one is just you know, the monotony of doing yeah. it over and over and over and over over again. You, you know, depending on what your field is and what you work on or what the goals for your show is, you might have content that can last forever and you can always shift the way that you present a conversation or an angle or a discussion, right? So you can kind of reuse it multiple times. But after a while, it does, I won't say it's run its course because you can always adapt, but there are times when you kind of hit that wall and you go, and how, how many more shows can I actually get out of me just sitting here doing this? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's kind of funny. Um, you, you, ha you start making choices when you start doing a podcast for multiple years in a row. And I'll just use financial advisors as an example here. But honestly, th this topic I'll, I'll mention, you could apply to any business or industry. But like we have two very common yearly conversations, the end of year planning checklist or and or new year's resolutions for the new yeah. year and so it's kind of like all right i can look at that and say i've got two episodes every year already figured out and i'll just apply the most up-to-date information and that's totally fine 
Or you can say, no, that's going to get stale. That's part of the monotony. That's part of it getting old. And I need to keep coming up with fresh things to talk about or, you know, I don't want to get burnout. But we have people that are on uh, like just, you know, shameless, shameless self-promotion here, Ben. Like we do try to help clients come up with new ways to talk about the same subjects. So that's where the creativity kind of comes into play. Um, but also there's also nothing wrong with doing a show that you did three years ago and putting it in the new light because yeah. you've got a totally different listener base three years later for one thing um, that isn't going to hear that show from three years ago. And, and two, it's never a bad thing to repeat. Repetition is not a bad thing in the media space. Uh, we need to be told to do the same thing several times before we take action often. So this one is a con, but it's like an overblown con, I think. I think that it's okay if you've this is your 18th episode about Roth IRAs over the course of your 300-episode um, podcast over the years. Like That's okay because um, you're kind of putting it under a new spin and a new light every time, and a new audience is there to engage with it. Yeah, maybe less a con, more just something to consider when you go this route. Just um, to think about. Mm-hmm. You're going to run into at some point. Uh, the other part is, is your content's going to have a narrow scope, right? It's not going to have yeah. a huge reach. And something to keep in mind when you're doing a show about your business, you know, and you're especially like a financial advisor, whatever industry it is, and especially if you're focused on your, your region, right? You, you're, you're not going to go viral. You're not going to be the next, next Dave Ramsey or Joe Rogan because you just have a much smaller scope. But the people that are watching and listening are the exact people typically that you want to have consuming your content. Yep, absolutely. I, I go back to the medical professional as a good example of that particular concept because they could do a show that's still for that niche, right? Hey, financial planning for you know XYZ medical professionals. Um, and it would probably do well because it would still be in the niche. It would still be very focused, but you're only going to catch people that are like, yeah, I really want to learn about finances for my industry. And you're going to miss all those other people that at that moment aren't interested in it, where you could, in theory, then be in front of a much larger group by having it be about the industry, having a wider scope of conversations, having those interviews, not having it always be about finance. And along the way, you're building that credibility and that trust when they do finally enter that period where they are interested in a financial episode um, and information, you're, you're there for you and you're already that trusted resource. So you're, that's where it is more important to kind of like build that audience and then kind of subtly market to them that you're also a financial advisor, that that's a piece of the puzzle, but that you're also kind of more than that. Um, so it's, it's all, all really unique uses of, of those two different methods. Well, one thing that we like to do with our world media is help people come to a compromise, find a solution for what they're trying to accomplish. And there are ways to combine both these approaches, right? You don't have to say, yeah. I'm going to be an interview show and I'm never going to talk about anything that I do personally and vice versa, right? There are some some ways to combine those two concepts. Exactly. And, and now I'm not saying everyone should go out and combine the two concepts. There are very specific <laughs> examples right. where an interview show is the right move for somebody and just a financial show is the right move for somebody. So don't feel like there's, there's pressure of you've got to have both of these. It's just more hopefully opening people's eyes to the possibility that you can have both of these concepts kind of working for you. One way I look at that, Ben, is it could be an interview show that may be uh, two, two flavors of that that also includes advice related to your business topic 
in each episode. So let's take a financial advisor for a moment. Maybe they're doing a, an industry show, an industry-based show, uh, interview-based show, but then at the in the middle of every show, instead of a traditional commercial, they're gonna have like a three-minute financial tip in the middle of the show. Right. And that'll be kind of just a cool way to where their business is maybe sponsoring this cool interview or industry show, but they're still able to slip in uh, a little bit of financial information, some education, and even a call to action in there in the middle of the show. Kind of a neat way to marry the two concepts concepts or you go with more of the style that the medical professional show we've been talking about uses where they do mostly industry shows and then every once in a while they'll just dedicate a whole show to finances so they'll drop in a financial episode in between other types of show and you know their ratio may be 10 industry shows to every one financial show your ratio could be one to one you do an interview then you do a financial show and an interview and a financial show um, those specific solutions might cascade down from individual client preferences but that should get the wheels turning for folks i would think yeah and personally i, I feel like you should kind of embrace the the approach of being flexible right and yeah there might be a there might be a great idea to come up with uh, if you're an interview show and you say oh, i got something i really want to discuss uh, I'm going to hop on and just do a show this way or vice versa, right? I you know, met a couple of interesting people that I'd love to have on the podcast and talk to them about what they do or their specific, you know, uh, career or profession that they service that actually kind of works with my clients a little bit too, that if I bring them on, give them some information about what they do and how they help our clients and what they, you know, how they interact with the people we work with, that's a valuable too. So that's the beauty too, I think of, of podcasting and, and even YouTube, right? You can, yeah, there are no rules. We can do whatever yeah. we want on this channel. Go as long yeah, as we there, want, as short as we want. Talk about whatever we want to. It may not have an audience, right? If, unless you're doing it the right way with the right approach and the right focus. Yeah. But that's the beauty of this this format. It is. Uh, that's why we can have shows about, um, you know, horses and, um, <laughs> you know, horse. What was the the really weird one that we had at one point, Ben? Like, um, I don't know. It was like horse psychology or something like that it was uh, <laughs> this that. this one podcast that came. I was at a podcasting event one time and, and this lady had a horse uh, like she interviews horses on the show okay. and like. It talks to them about their psychology and things like that. So very interesting stuff that you can do whatever you want. That's the beauty of the medium. It's very flexible. You're right. So embrace that to an extent and don't feel like you're always pigeonholed to the same answer. Um, So that is a really good piece of advice. And then just finding what's going to move the needle for you the most as uh, a business owner, um, as someone who wants to host a show and use that for part of what they're doing. But also, I think it's a really, really important thing that people overlook. There's there's what you might want to do. There's what what you want to do. And then there's what, what you can do. And I think a lot of people look past the can just to the want. And really, it's a combination of those two things. Sure, we would love to do all sort. You know, we'd love for everybody to have the same package, right, Ben? The most robust media package of all time. But there's cost considerations, there's time, there's enjoyment considerations, and I think you got to find the marriage of those two things of what helps your business, but also what's going to be the best fit for you and your business right. to execute that show. Otherwise, it's not going to be a solution that lasts very long for you. Yeah. So, what you want to do, what you can do, and then also what you should do. Which kind of you summarize there at the end, right? So yeah. that's those are kind of where we would direct you. So look, hopefully this helps. If you're looking to watch a show, considering what you should do, what kind of format you should have, some things to think about, right? Obviously, we'd love to, to talk if you have any questions or just want to run something by us. Um, you can always find information in the description here to, to get in t- contact with us, but hopefully this helps. And also, if you have something you want us to talk about or address or have a discussion about, drop a comment, ask a question. We'll try to be active in the comments as well and, and answer anything that comes up. So 
We appreciate it. Walter, enjoy talking with you. Uh, looking forward to having your face on camera now a little bit more. Yeah, I'll, I don't know. I'll have to shave more often or just or with the flexibility, do we just embrace growing beards out, Ben? Just got to embrace it. You might have to just yeah. get out of the T-shirts a little bit. We have to maybe class it up a little bit. But. Yeah, I still got it's the beauty YouTube. You can do what I you still want. Got the right? de- I still got the devil's T-shirt on underneath here, so uh, <laughs> we're still... We're still rocking the gear. (laughs) Very good. Well, we appreciate you being a part of the channel. Uh, Hit subscribe, and we'll have another video coming. Stay tuned.